Welcome into another podcast episode of Weatherwise. It's November, I can't believe it. It's Wednesday, November 3rd, and we just had a major weather event push through Delmarva, and we're going to talk about that in our Weatherwise podcast today. I am Chief Meteorologist Daniel Johnson, and today I'm alongside Meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. All right, so the major event we had was coastal flooding. Mm-hmm. And that's not rare, it's not something that occurs all the time, but it's something our area is used to. But it can still cause a lot of damage and cause a lot of problems. And the one last week that we had did cause major problems. We had severe coastal flooding, some of the worst flooding we've had in decades in some areas. Um, And again, we're typically used to nuisance coastal flooding, but this went well beyond that and uh, caused major problems. So we're gonna talk about that here Uh, talk about several cities that had to deal with that problem as well and how we were able to handle it and if there's still a bit of a cleaning process going on. Uh, So let's get right to it. Uh, We had a really strong low pressure last week, uh, mainly to our west, Um, but we did have an occluded front, which is kind of hard to explain, but there was uh, another front ahead of that low pressure that was pushing through our region. We got some rain from it, but we didn't get too much rain. We got over an inch in some spots but the position of that low pressure to our west that front passing by we were in a prime position to get strong east winds and those winds were gusting between 40 and 50 some gusts higher than that and when you have a wind coming off the atlantic ocean that strong what is it going to do it's going to push all the water inland right and that's what we saw on friday october 29th yes absolutely definitely uh like you said, it's just the exact set of a you know, southeast easterly wind, and it only has one direction it goes, and then that is towards us, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much what happened here. Yeah, and it got backed up. Yeah. You know, the Atlantic pushed through the Chesapeake. The Chesapeake pushed up into the Wacomico River, into the Choptank River, into the Potomac River, into the tidal Potomac, into D.C. It just kept traveling until it hit a wall, and cities <laughs> were the wall. Uh, Crisfield was one of those cities. Bishop's Head was another one, Cambridge. Uh, So many cities had major flooding, and again, it was all due to strong winds. It wasn't from the rain. And we even had a lot of flooding in Salisbury, flooding in spots I've never seen here. Uh, My time here in Salisbury, it's been almost nine years now, uh, and I've never seen flooding in certain spots in Salisbury where I did see flooding. So again, we're used to the nuisance flooding, but when it gets to the major category, It really starts to impact, uh, it does impact property, and it could impact life. Luckily, no loss of life, uh, but there were some rescues. People had to evacuate their homes. So let's talk about it. Um, I guess we could go city to city a little bit and talk about some things that happened. Um, I guess we can start with Bishop's Head a little bit. Um, They went into major coastal flooding as we went through Friday. Um, It was mainly Friday afternoon through Friday night, and even early into Saturday morning, they had major coastal flooding, and their flood stage reached 5.13 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And with a flood stage that high, that ranks them as number one, right? For at least in terms of their records dating back to 2005. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was considered number one. So... They only have data for the last 16 years, but so far in those last 16 years, it is considered the highest uh, you know, flood state they have been at, at 4, 5.13. And keep in mind that just to get to a major flood stage, 
um, is only 4.2. So they're pretty much almost over one foot when it comes to uh, just being at a major stage. Yeah, so a whole foot above major. So um, you would think just reaching major would be enough and uh, a big problem, but it went a foot beyond uh, what a typical major coastal flood could do. And again, Bishop's Head, uh, they didn't have any gauge data prior to 2005, so their data only goes back to 2005. But still, um, to, to get ranked number one in 16 years, that's still you know, pretty impressive. Um, Chrisfield was hit extremely hard. Um, their gauge went up to similar levels, up to 5.12 feet. Mm -hmm. But this is where we've had story after story coming out of Chrisfield of people evacuating their homes, uh, police having to help people to and from work. Uh, we had a story of employees in, um, in the McCready Hospital in Chrisfield. They came out of work and they were stranded in the parking lot. They couldn't get out because the parking lot had feet of water. Uh, so the police had to come in with Humvees to escort people out. So um, yeah, we had the police working, law enforcement working hard to help people to safety. And we had a story just on Monday of one person who lost a lot in his home. Um, they just renovated their home and now they have to start all over again because of all the water damage. Um, did you see that video I tweeted of someone jet skiing yes, through I their neighborhood? That. Yes. So that was the only way of travel, that or walking through the dangerous waters. Yeah, you have to, yeah, I mean, that situation, if you, if you have a boat or, or, or a canoe, I know we see, like, when we pull up our Snow Hill Sky Cam, we see those, you know, people just enjoying out on their kayaks and stuff. That's pretty much your only way to travel um, when you have this backed up water. That's the safest way because yeah. you can't do it with your car because your car is just... Um, it's stuck there, you know, its engine is um, in a very critical state. Right. Um, so what do we rank, so what did Chrisfield uh, rank as in terms of the major tides and storm rank for, for flooding? For Chrisfield, it is considered, I'm pulling it up right now here, it's actually ranked as number two since 2018. But also looking at some of the other information we have here, it says that um, for Chrisfield, it looks like it was the highest observed since Hurricane Sandy. Right, and Hurricane Sandy was prior to 2018, but they didn't have gauge data prior to that. Mm -hmm. So with Hurricane Sandy, it was an estimated six feet, which would have been ranked number one uh, for worst flooding uh, in Chrisfield. So uh, this event wasn't hurricane or tropical related, um, but it was... Uh, number two in terms of rank, in terms of storms and the types of flooding that we had. So that was pretty, pretty bad for people to evacuate their home and it still not be up to sandy levels and to imagine it being worse than that, you know? So we've had a lot of bad flooding in Kirstfield in just the last couple decades. Mm -hmm. So, and it seems like most of the flooding comes from tropical systems and it does appear our tropical systems are getting stronger at times and more frequent so if that's the case we need to prepare you know for the future there could be more flooding like this in the near future no yeah so. absolutely and, and you know you, i know you mentioned like some of the records that we're gonna be talking about are based on tropical cyclones but you know even this like this wasn't you know exactly a nor'easter or anything but mm -hmm. you know that's also something we got to keep an eye out for nor'easters and right. these coastal lows or you know like you said these type of setups here so like you said it's becoming more and more frequent so definitely 
uh, more of a concern and something we have to be keeping an eye out for. Yeah. And some people listening right now, they, they could be asking themselves, well, okay, you mentioned Chrisfield, you mentioned, you mentioned Bishop's Head, but their data doesn't even go prior to 2000. Um, their data is, you know, limited. Well, let's talk about Cambridge. Their data goes back to 1980. Mm-hmm. And, what was, and what did this storm rank for Cambridge in terms of flooding? This is a number two. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, number, and then the record um, in Cambridge is 6.2. But for this storm, it was actually 5.26. So a foot below the record. So, yeah, just a foot below the record. Major flood stage is considered at 4.5 feet. So about three quarters of a foot above the major flood stage. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people in Cambridge remember the number one rank, which was Hurricane Isabel in 2003. So a lot of people were getting nervous uh, with Isabel, uh, or sorry, with this past storm, thinking it could be comparable to Isabel. And it, it got close, but it wasn't quite there. Uh, it was a foot or so below the mark uh, of Isabel, but it caused a lot of problems in Cambridge. Roads were closed. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier when we mentioned Bishop's Head or, and, and Chrisfield. Somerset County schools were closed um, because of the flooding. Uh, we had multiple counties, Dorchester County closed because of the flooding that they were expecting and the flooding that occurred. So when schools are closed, roads are closed, people are being evacuated, people are being rescued, that's when it gets quite scary. So we've had a lot of coverage of these towns the past several days. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, good job, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, emergency management, you know, closing down those schools, yeah. uh, you know, ahead of time on Thursday going into Friday, realizing that, you know, this was going to be a serious event. And based on the data and based on the damages and the pictures we have seen, it, it you know, unfortunately came out to be that way. But mm-hmm. luckily, you know, things, uh, you know, properly worked out ahead of time. Yeah. And there are meteorologists with the National Weather Service that specifically forecasts just for the waters. Yes. They look at these tide charts, they're called hydrologists, mm-hmm. and they study these things. So we have people, you know, designated out there certain aspects of meteorology that they're looking at to keep people safe. And it all worked out because we saw this ahead of time. Yes. And we were able to get the message out, and that was able to prepare, you know, a lot of people for it. Uh, so that was a good, that was a positive taken from it. We were able to all stay safe yes. for the most part. I know a lot of property damage occurred, though. Um, it wasn't just the coastal flooding. You know, we had strong winds. We did have some heavy rain, but the heavy rain wasn't, you know, too much of a concern in terms of flood flooding. But most of us had about an, uh, an inch or close to it, but a few spots had more than that. So Lewis, about an inch and a half. Uh, Georgetown got close to an inch and a half, too. And then here in Salisbury, what do you see? We got actually close to an inch and a third at 1.31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cambridge, you know, they, they had almost an inch of rain. And, you know, keep in mind that's also, uh, you know, that's not even including just the water from the coastal flooding from the high tides coming from the Chop Tank and the Chesapeake. But Ocean City got three quarters of an inch of rain. And, you know, Ocean City has to factor in with the waters coming in from the Atlantic. And then Assateague, similar situation, um, three fifths of an inch of rain at 0.6. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, the coastal flooding was definitely the biggest uh, threat here on Delmarva because of the fact that we had that wind coming in out of the east and out of the southeast um, persisting all day long on Friday. Yeah, and those constant winds, you know, gusting above 50 in spots, 
uh, helped to push that water inland and caused the major flooding that we had. And we cannot leave out Salisbury. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw the videos I tweeted out of the yeah. flooding right in front of Mojo's. Um, and that was all from the Wicomico River. But that water all pushed back into the road. East uh, New Market Street flood, East Market Street flooded, East Main Street flooded. Um, and people were still crossing too, you know, trying to get, get through. And businesses were, you know, starting to flood. The water was approaching uh, businesses and doorways. So uh, when I came back from dinner break, I took a very quick dinner break, came, rushed right back to the station on Friday. And my normal route back to, to work is either East Main Street or East Market Street. And I took Market Street and it was closed. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't take it. People were still going around the closure sign to try to cross it, but I turned down the next road, which took me to Main Street. I turned left, and then that road was closed, <laughs> which was right in front of Mojo's. So I couldn't cross <clears throat> that way, so I had to go a different way. So again, it caused problems, even in Salisbury. So, and Salisbury doesn't really see too much. We have coastal flooding, but we don't usually see floods that far inland, you know, up Main Street. Yeah. So that was interesting, interesting to see for sure. No, yeah, absolutely. Definitely, uh, you know, you can say the, the water was angry that day for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, definitely, like you said, the, the coastal flooding, that was the biggest threat. Look how, you know, just how you never saw flooding in Salisbury that far inland. I mean, that's about two blocks away, but yet still pretty rare occurrence. So definitely was a, you know, a potent system that made its way through Delmarva, especially when it comes to the aspect of coastal flooding. Yeah, we got about an inch of rain. So that's still also pretty, uh, you know, important in that aspect. But also, you know, the observed wind gusts that we had, um, you know, we had wind gusts in some spots like Daniel mentioned, uh, over 40 and even over 50 miles an hour. So uh, Indian River Inlet it had a wind gust of 55 miles an hour. Uh, Lewis at 50, Ocean City at 49, Assateague at 47, so it's Georgetown and Salisbury at 40 miles an hour. So the combination of those winds with that water pushing along, uh, you know, definitely getting coastal flooding even in areas that are not typical of seeing coastal flooding. And that's usually what happens when you get a coastal flood warning. Uh, so a few weeks ago on Weather Tidbits, I talked about coastal flooding and I explained the hydrographs and what the definitions were of moderate, minor, and major flooding. And when it comes to uh, major flooding, one of the, uh, you know, how they define it is based on areas that don't normally see flooding will see it. And that's kind of what it, Daniel encountered back on Friday, that Main Street getting flooded. Uh, you know, that's usually will be something related to a major coastal flooding event, not yeah. a moderate or even a minor. Mm -hmm. And minor is usually considered a nuisance right. uh, title event. But mm -hmm. yeah, so when it comes to a f major uh, coastal flood warning, it's usually moderate to major coastal flooding is expected or imminent. While when you have a coastal flood advisory, it's usually minor or nuisance flooding is mm -hmm. expected. And I do want to mention more of the synoptic setup that we had. I mentioned that low pressure to our west, but it was actually the combination of two low pressures. So the one that pushed through Friday that caused the strong winds and all the coastal flooding, if you remember, just a few days before, we had an actual nor'easter. We had a coastal low. That was still off in the Atlantic, pushing away from us, but still having an influence. As that storm passed, our tides were already above normal. Mm -hmm. 
So once that next low pressure pushed into our west and our winds were at that perfect angle, that was kind of the co perfect combination that threw everything together. If we didn't have maybe that first coastal storm push through, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. We still would have had flooding with those strong winds coming off the Atlantic. But a very unique setup with two back-to-back -back pretty strong low pressures. One as a coastal and then one that was um, more inland. But this was the first time, Ulysses, that uh, we had, you know, a top three ranked flood event, coastal flood event, not from a tropical system. Most of these ranked systems with top one, top two, top three coastal flood events all occurred from hurricanes or tropical systems, or at least systems that used to be tropical. Yeah. So very interesting that you can get flooding like this even without a tropical system and that's something we need to watch going forward in the future very interesting setup no absolutely definitely something you know like we mentioned a few minutes ago like nor'easters coastal lows yeah. definitely something we got to be monitoring or even just low pressures that are just even it's still in the mainland like you said like this low pressure wasn't even out in the atlantic but the fact that there was a front attached to it yeah. or influenced by it it definitely created it and then also like you said, we had to set up with that first one, the Nor'easter, which ironically became Wanda Wanda, <laughs> Wanda this past weekend. Oh, so we yes. should talk about that a little bit. So, yeah. So, yeah. ironically, the first low pressure did become Wanda. So, I guess in a way you can say you can blame this to a degree to Wanda. You That's know? true. A little bit. Yeah. Pre-Wanda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, we've gone through the last name on that tropical hurricane list. So we've run out of names, normal names, typical, that normal list that we we're going to use for this year. So if there's another name, we're not going to go to the Greek alphabet. We're going to go to a new supplemental list that they created for this year. And that's going to be the new thing going forward. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do the Greek alphabet anymore. So we'll see if we'll have any more. Hurricane season continues through November 30th. Yeah. So we have a whole month to get through of hurricane season. But it's also technically, and I think I'm making this up, but it's technically nor'easter season. You know, once you hit October into your fall winter season, that's when you can really start to get those strong coastals. And if we get more of these, you know, more coastal flooding events can happen. So just a heads up, you know, for everyone and just to pay close attention to the forecast and maybe know if you're in a flood prone area to know of ways to prepare. No, yeah, absolutely. Definitely know, you know, where you at, you know, if uh, if it's an area that's going to be like that, you know, it's, uh, you know, even somewhat treat it in a sense like a tropical disturbance you know how in a tropical disturbance if you know you're going to be impacted by the water or winds uh you know maybe evacuate if the officials mm -hmm. tell you evacuate evacuate and also you know uh, you know try to secure your house try you know put sandbags um you know to try to see if you can limit limit uh any amount of that damage uh potentially to your mm -hmm. home yeah and according to the national weather service you mentioned evacuations um, the entire village of Lewisetta, Virginia, which is if you're in Crisfield and you look across the bay into Virginia on the other side of the bay, that's Lewisetta. That whole village on the other, si other side of Crisfield across from the water was evacuated because they had the floodwaters were, you know, racing in there. Um, and Lewisetta, even though they had the entire village evacuated, it was only their third <laughs> worst coastal flooding event. Um, their worst one was Tropical Storm Ernesto, and their second worst was Hurricane Isabel. So even a third-ranked system caused that much damage and that many problems. So it doesn't have to be number one to cause damage. It doesn't have to be a hurricane to cause damage either. So we're a very vulnerable community. That's the point. 
uh, where we live, very vulnerable. Nearly surrounded by water. I mean, we pretty much are. So it's something we got to watch out for, something Florida needs to watch out for. Peninsulas of all sorts and islands as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Any, you know, the fact that we're on a peninsula, we're surrounded by three, you know, three, three sides are surrounded by water here. Yeah. So that means that we are good, definitely going to have a lot of areas that are low prone. We also have some swampy areas, marshy areas here on Delmarva. So those areas are also going to, uh, you know, since those areas are mixed in with water, that's also go anytime there's a coastal flooding event, that's also going to push that water even further inland. So like we mentioned just a moment ago, just know exactly where you are, um, you know, follow the forecast and, you know, especially in your local communities, listen to your local uh, officials um, if you need to evacuate or, you know, and, uh, and you know, and always have a plan, you yeah. know, uh, just have that plan, Doesn't regardless of whatever type of weather it is, mm -hmm. severe weather, tropical weather or winter weather. Yeah. Just know what to do, where to go and whatnot. And that's why we're here. You know, we're here to push out the message, keep people safe and um, local officials are there to help you evacuate, help you in need after the storm. And we really saw a lot of people coming together, law enforcement coming together for all these cities. And we were, we were able as a team, as 47 ABC, to get out to these communities and tell the stories of people that went through the flooding. Uh, luckily, no loss of life, but um, check our website, 47abc.com, if you guys wanna recap the storm. Um, we'll be writing weather blogs about it. We have our weather stories and we have reporters who did videos and stories on the flooding. You guys can check those out. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, I That's think at uh, this point, I'll oh, just remember this weekend, uh, you know, fall back on oh, your clock. So yes. remember, uh, we gained that one hour sleep back, but sadly, you know, you'll notice that by Sunday and going into <laughs> Monday, the sun will set before five o'clock. So. Yeah. So that's the sacrifice, extra hour of sleep. Saturday night into Sunday, but then it gets darker. But the sun comes up a little bit earlier. earlier. Yeah. So, so for yeah. those early risers, it'll be a bit brighter. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Don't forget to turn those clocks back Saturday night before you go to bed. If you work on Sunday, that might be a problem. A problem. All right. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of Weatherwise, where we bring you weather wisdom. See you then.